Paradox Episode 5 Construct <sighs> Sorry, Supervisor. The bus was having issues. Something was wrong with the, the engine? And then I couldn't find the CE offices, and then nobody was at the reception desk. One moment, Alex. Right. Today is your first day, so I'll show you around the office. Then we'll run through one of the reports to show you how things work. Uh, yeah, sure, that sounds good. Each of us in the CE department has our own office. This helps us avoid any unnecessary disruption while recording reports. Each of the doors going off of this common area is a separate office. You've already seen where my office is. Uh, this one right here is Landon's, and the one at the far end of the hall is Tessa's. Landon is already in theirs. You'll probably run into them at some point today. In fact, they'll probably find you themselves. They were very excited that we were getting some new blood. Tessa is on the night shift, so she'll be coming in around when we're leaving for the day. And, uh, where's my office? We currently have three open. I'd personally recommend the middle one over there. It has a rather nice view of the park. Each of the offices has a somewhat decent view. Supposedly, it helps with mental health to have something to look at that isn't a wall or other buildings. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Right, so bathrooms are down at the end of the common area, and that's about it, I think. Unless you have any questions before we start? Nope, let's go. Alright, follow me. So then, the very first thing we do is select a report. Everyone has their own selection method. I usually go with whichever is the least recent, so that there's less possibility of a backlog, a report getting lost, or not filed quickly enough if it's time sensitive. I know Tessa tries to find ones that catch her attention, which helps keep her from zoning out during the night shift. And Landon, well, they say they have a method, but I couldn't tell you what it is. I recommend my method, at least until you get comfortable and find your own. Okay, got it. So what's the first report for today? How about you pick it up? I've already done the compiling on some of the shorter encounters, but you can choose which one we do first. Which sounds better, Homunculus, Screaming Molly, or Grinning Jenny? What's a homunculus? Homunculus it is, then. Here's the NCRD official extranormal catalog. All entities in the catalog are sorted first by ECL, extranormal classification level, then alphabetically. Homunculi are listed as Class C artifacts, so they'll be near the end. You can see on mine that I've marked each section start to make it easier to find things. I highly recommend you do the same. Right. Okay. Found it! Okay, so each report begins by listing six pieces of information. First, the report number. The report number is a combination of other pieces of information. You'll take the date of the encounter and arrange it in order, year, month, then date. 
After that, it's the ECL, followed by the area code of the encounter. That is the full report number. Next up is the encounter date, then which entity was involved, the main location of the encounter, the observer who issued the encounter initiative, and finally the field agent or agents who were responsible for investigating the encounter. Gotcha. Then we compile all of the information provided, reading through the reports submitted to us by the field agents and observers, combining that with any additional input from other departments, as well as listing any and all post-encounter measures taken by the NCRD to limit or prevent the exposure of supernatural entities to the populace at large. Okay. So, uh, read through the section on homunculi in the catalog, and then we'll get started on the report. Homunculus. Class C artifact. A homunculus is any construct that is powered by magical energies as opposed to some constructs, which are often mindless entities created for very specific tasks. Homunculi are more general magical servants and have a small degree of autonomy. They require occasional repowering and are able to be programmed with a great number of tasks that they are able to balance without issue. Homunculi will continue with their tasks until, until told to do so would lead to its destruction. I've already put together the final report, so we'll just have you take care of the audio copy. Just read it aloud. Report number 202308105095C. Date 10th of August 2023. Entity involved. Homunculus Class C artifact. Location Bettendorf, Iowa. Issuing Observer, Observer Carpenter. Attending Field Agent, Agent Martins. On the 10th of August, Observer Carpenter received a message from one Aaron Coppola, registered magician. According to him, one of his homunculi had disappeared. It had been showing signs of aberrant behavior, and he had, in fact, taken it into a local antique shop for repairs only a few days earlier. Wait, they're like actual magic item repair shops? Uh, yes. Most are easily mistaken for your average magic or antique stores because they usually also function as those. Uh, please continue with the report. Right. Agent Martins departed for Iowa and arrived in the Quad City International Airport in Moline, Iowa at 1432 local time and made contact with Mr. Coppola. After a short meeting, Martins began their investigation. SEMS readings indicated that the homunculus had not left from the premises yet, but the residual magic from the entity was indistinguishable from what would have been expected from simply having homunculi in the residence. After setting up equipment to monitor all of the rooms in Coppola's house, Martins began surveillance. At 2.45 local time, a magical presence was detected leaving the house. Agent Martins followed it at a distance and identified it as homunculus. Soon after parting the house, it made itself invisible, though this only made it more notable to our instruments. The homunculus made its way to Renaissance Antiques, the same location Mr. Coppola had taken his construct to be repaired. Agent Martins communicated with the local branch of the NCRD to notify them of homunculus location and to have Medifac on standby. The store wasn't locked. In fact, our agent notes that the door seemed already damaged upon arrival. 
Drawing their sidearm, Agent Martins entered the building, which was lit from the outside by streetlights. There was the sound of movement from the back. Following it led to a room filled with homunculi. Judging from Agent Martin's count, there were at least 15. They had been arranged along a table along which another homunculus was hard at work, repairing and fixing one of the others. There was no sign of anything in the building besides our agent and the homunculi, but Martin's kept on their guard and, using a simply disruption emitter, uh, neutralized homunculi for recovery. What's a disruption emitter? Disruption emitters are standard-issue equipment for NCRD field agents. They produce a series of pulses at designated frequencies. The most common usage by the NCRD is a simple magical disruption. This allows us to temporarily neutralize constructs or weak magical fields. Wait, hang on. Magic is just... science? Not really. Psionics is much closer to science than magic is. But both magic and psionics follow certain rules that allow them to be altered or interacted with by certain stimuli. Magic is a power of energy and resonance, and it's as much an art as anything else. Psionics, on the other hand, is much more like a science. Oh, okay, so magic is based off sound and vibration? I'm not really the person to ask. I've never been big into magic. I know Landon picked up a spell or two from their life before joining the NCRD, and Tessa knows a good deal of magic, though mostly self-defense and protection spells. Oh, why haven't you learned any? Seems like it'd be handy to know. Not everyone can cast magic, and some of those who can, well, it just feels unpleasant. It's a bit of a personal preference. And besides, the possible dangers are such that the NCRD does not encourage its employees to engage with any spellcrafting. Magic is also forbidden for use in the field, so if you have any desire to one day be a field agent, it's best not to get used to having magic, only to have it taken away from you. Ah, uh, I suppose that makes sense. Keep going. Right. Sorry. Post-encounter measures taken. All of the confiscated homunculi were stripped and repurposed to hopefully prevent any lingering offense from any spells that might have been left over. The owners have been put under observation until they can be fully cleared as no longer of concern. The owner of Renaissance Antiques, an individual named Alistair Roman, has been uh, brought in for questioning. At the time of recording this report, there has been no solid evidence that places any blame on Roman, who claims complete ignorance as to why the constructs were acting in this way. He's being allowed to go free, but local agents are going to continue watching him in case he does anything suspicious. Okay, that's it? Almost. This report was compiled by CE Supervisor Elizabeth Forsyth and CE Alex Coster on the 14th of August, 2023, and submitted with digital, physical, and audio copies, as required by standard NCRD procedures. And now we're done. Most reports aren't as simple or straightforward as this one, but I figured it would be a good idea to start you off easy. Do you think you've got the feel for it? Eh, only one way to find out, I suppose. There is a copy of all procedural instructions in each one of the free offices, whichever you pick. If you have any questions, any of us would be more than happy to assist you. Have at it.
So far, so good. I really hope this one lasts. Thank you for listening to Paradox X, a Black Lilac production, written and created by Adam Hansen. Today's episode was performed by Eris Wiedorn and Jason Stevens, with audio editing by KB Trusdell. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and rate on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast distributor of your choice.